0: Turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to look at some history from the kingdom of Israel, this is the northern kingdom, 2 Kings chapter 6. If you're not familiar with the history that's in in, in 2 Kings, let me walk you through it. Don't don't read ahead. If you know where I'm going with this, don't don't say too much. Just let let it unfold. Um, uh, Let's pray, and then I'm going to read to you 2 Kings 6, verse 24. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these testimonies. What a fantastic reminder that you are faithful. And uh, there are folks, uh, Eva, dad uh, that have waited a long time for some things, and here you are working out your perfect will. And uh, teach me to be submitted to that, not to uh, struggle and kick against it, but to allow you to unfold your plan, and yet at the same time not be passive or apathetic, but to work daily to accomplish your will. We thank you for this one who came because he was invited yesterday, and uh, thank you, there's some other visitors we had today, um, weren't invited yesterday but uh, you brought them out and i'm thankful lord that you continue to to entrust to us people to whom to minister we pray that you would give us a vision fields white to harvest uh, pray for connor i um, pray that you would lead him step by step to the church where he will grow mm-hmm. we'd love to have him here lord I, I pray that you bring him here but wherever it is lord put him there uh, place him in that church cause him to grow as he as you want him to Lord, open our eyes to truth in the message this afternoon, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 24. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered up all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. There was a great famine in Samaria. Like I said, if you'll just look up here, we'll, we'll continue our way through that passage and uh, read much of this, or well, read the rest of that chapter and some of chapter 7 as well. But uh, And I know this is sort of an odd way to come at this, but I don't know about you, it feels sometimes like um, we're under siege, right? Like uh, there's a battle going on, and we're sort of caught in the middle. You're going to see here, we're, we're not actually in the city, we're not really outside with the enemy, we sort of get caught in the middle of all these things. And I want to give you uh, hope. And our hope is always in the Lord. Yeah. Our faith is always in God. He is faithful. He will take care of us. But I want you to notice in this history here, what's going on? Things are bad. There's a great famine. Verse 25. Behold, they, the Syrians, besieged it, the city of Samaria, until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver and the fourth part of the cab of, dung, of doves' dung for five pieces of silver. So they were selling the head of a donkey for 80 pieces of silver. And what were they going to do with that head? Well, that makes sense. They were going to eat it, yeah. I mean, all of it, the eyeballs, the ears, everything. I mean, they were that hungry. 80 pieces of silver. Now who remembers how much did Judas receive for betraying Jesus? 30, 30 pieces. Joseph, uh, the son of Jacob, how much did his brothers get for selling him into slavery? 20 pieces of silver. So we're talking about a huge sum of money for the head of a donkey. I mean, they are in desperate, desperate, desperate straits. It's really, really bad. Wow. Let's continue to read here. And the king, verse 26, As the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord doesn't help you, who's going to help you? Um, but he goes on, verse 28. What aileth thee? She answered. This is her problem. Listen to her problem. This woman... Said unto me, Give me thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat your son tomorrow. So he boiled my son and did eat him, and I said unto her the next day, Okay, give me your son that we may eat him, and she hath hid her son. Now, what is she asking the king to do? To make the other woman give up her son. That's how bad it's gotten. Now, if you want to read Deuteronomy chapter 28, will tell you God had predicted that they would be besieged by their enemies and it would become so bad that the delicate woman who would barely barely put her foot on the ground, I mean, she's just not going to do anything too crazy, is going to be eating her own children. So Mm -hmm. God had predicted that they were going to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And I just want to bring a couple of uh, applications at this point. Uh, Number one, I'm convinced that things are going to get worse in our country before they get better. Mm -hmm. And the reason is we're raising a generation of children that don't know the Lord that have no fear of God. And they're out of control already as kids in school, teenagers, young people. And um, heaven help us. Um, I, I got a couple of uh, things. Bad news just seemed to pile on top of each other this week for me. And uh, things I thought, oh, I know where this is headed and then it's headed that way. And uh, But you know what? When Even when we are... Disappointed, that's the word I'm looking for. Even when we are disappointed, God is still faithful. And he still has a plan. And things are going to work out according to his plan. We need to discern what his plan is and and get on board with him. So things are going to get bad. Now I want you to notice something else. Verse 31, then he, this is the king. Then he said, God do so and more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him today. So here's the king He discovers his people are hungry. They they don't have anything to eat. They're eating their own children. It's, It's really, really bad siege. And who does he blame? God. Right? It's Elisha's fault. I have no idea why he thought Elisha had anything to do with this. But I know we already see that when things go wrong in our country, it's easy for the Christians to get blamed. It's easy for God to get blamed. It's easy for morality, for biblical truth to get blamed. So I'm just telling you, that's, that's the way the direction things are headed. Jump down to verse 7, chapter 7 now. Look at verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hearing ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be shoaled for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. So remember, they had just been paying 80 pieces of silver. A shekel, if I remember right, there's about 20 shekels to a piece of silver. But regardless, they're paying a huge sum of money for the head of a donkey. And tomorrow, about this time, right here in the gate of Samaria, I mean, not somewhere across the world, right here in this city, you're going to be able to buy fine flour for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. And look at verse 2 with me. Then a lord, on whose hand the king leaned, this is the king's advisor, Answered the man of God, this is Elisha, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? What is he expressing there? Doubt, Doubt. unbelief. God's man, Elisha, says, Tomorrow, find flour for a shekel, two measures of barley for, for, for a shekel. And the guy says, I don't know. I mean, even if even if you had windows in heaven and they could open up and God could pour this thing down, how, how would this happen? And Elisha says, this, this to me is amazing. He says, end of verse 2, Behold thou, the advisor, the king's advisor, Behold thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. Now if you know the story, don't tell us. When you first read that, it's like, now how does that work? It's bad enough that they're going to be able to sell food, basically just cheap as you want tomorrow. But how is this guy going to see it with his own eyes, but not be able to eat of it? That doesn't even make sense. I mean, if, if, if food becomes that cheap, he can have all he wants, right? Okay, let's let's continue on in the story. Verse 3 now. We're going to get to the people I want to focus on. There were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Now, what are these four men, leprous men, why aren't they in the city? Because they're lepers, right? So they're not. the city's not going to let them in. They don't want them spreading their disease. So they're just sort of just outside the gate. The Syrians, they don't care where these guys die. They're lepers. They don't want to deal with them. So they, the Syrians are surrounding the city, not letting any food come in. And these lepers have been sitting in the gate. They don't have anything. If the people in the city are hungry, these lepers are even hungry. And so they come up with a brilliant plan. Look with me at verse 4. If we say... We will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Listen, let's take a gamble, they say. We go in the city, we're going to die of famine. They're not going to let us in anyway. If we sit here in the gate, they're going to die. If we go to the Syrians, they may kill us. But what's that? We're going to die. But what if they leave us alive? There's a chance. This is our hope. We're, we're going to try this. And so they go. So the camp of the Syrians. By the way, the Syrians have left. You can read the story for yourself. Skip down to verse 8. And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And they came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also, and they went and hid that. Then they said, one to another, we do not well. This is a day, excuse me, this day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called him to the port of the city, and they told him, saying, we came to the camp of the Syrians. And behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, And the tents as they were. And he called the porters and they told it to the king's house within. Now, just let's let's think this through. So these lepers, they 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 get up in the middle of the night, they say, Well, let's go into the Syrians' camp. They get to the camp and they look around and there's nobody there. If you read the two verses I skipped, verses six and seven, it said that God made the Syrian army hear horses and chariots. And the Syrians thought, "Oh, oh no! The king of Israel has hired mercenaries, and these mercenaries are coming to kill us." So they all just ran off in the night, and they left behind all their stuff. So the lepers come, and there's nobody there, and they go into a tent. I mean, they're looking for—they are looking for someone, and there's nobody. They go into the tent, and there's plenty of food, plenty to drink. So they eat and drink as much as they want. They look around. There's silver. There's gold. There's clothes they left behind. They take a bunch of this stuff and they go and they bury it. They hide it somewhere so they can get it later. And then they go to the next tent and nobody there either. But there's food and there's drink. I mean, they're just having a great time. (laughs) Then they look at each other and they say, you know, there's something wrong here. You know, we are really enjoying life. And we ought to tell these guys. We, We know that there's food and drink for everybody out here. There's gold and silver. There's clothes. I mean, whatever you want. It's out here. You just come and get it. Now, if I can analogize this, this is a history, and I know this really happened, but let's, let's think about some parallels here. You know what, I, I really feel, in my, in my thinking, the way I perceive what's going on here, we're sort of like the lepers in the gate, because we don't really belong in the city, right? We're, I don't know about you, I increasingly feel um, disconnected from American culture. They are going in a direction that isn't the direction I'm going in, they are starting to talk about things that I'm not comfortable talking about. Uh, you know, uh, that I guess the Oscar awards are coming up. I mean, I've heard, I'm not planning to watch that event. I have no idea what's going to go on. I, I don't need to know. You feel increasingly disconnected, but you're not with the enemy, that's for sure. And so the interesting thing is the first people, the ones who experience the blessings of God first, are these that are in no man's land. And I just want to encourage you, if you'll have some faith, you can still experience God's blessing, even when the city is under siege. In fact, you know, what What? what, what did the um, king's advisor, the, the man upon whose arm the king leaned, the king's advisor, what did he lack? He lacked faith. He lacked any sort of vision. He thought, there's no way they're going to be selling food this cheap tomorrow. No way. And Elisha says, well, I'll tell you what. You're going to see it, but you're not going to eat of it. Now, again, if you know the story, don't give it away. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. These lepers said, you know what? We have at least tried. You know, we went out yesterday, and I don't know about you. I'm not, it's, it's not easy for me to talk to total strangers about anything. But we went out yesterday, and uh, some of you hit a lot of resistance, and some of you got rid of all your stuff and said, I could use another bag of gifts. And I, we had people come, and we had people not come. We're gonna, we we got to keep trying something, though. Just sitting here in our, in our room where we're all comfortable, I like you, you like me, and not getting out into the community, That that isn't what God wants us to do. We've got, we've got it good here. We've got it good here. We've got marriages that because they've been blessed by God's grace, we have successful marriages. we got to share that with people. We've got a God who provides. So, yeah, inflation is getting... Crazy and and jobs getting harder to find. But guess what? God keeps providing for me. God keeps providing for you. We've got it good here. We've got friends. I I know people and uh, I know know of people. I, I keep hearing about men who have no friends. No friends. I have friends. You have friends. I mean, God is good to us here. We need to tell these other people about it. We're not doing ourselves, we're not doing right by them, we're not doing right by God, and we're certainly not doing right by ourselves to keep all this good to ourselves. And they say, well, yeah, but you guys are lepers. You know, when the, can you imagine the porter at the top of the city, you know, he's starving to death, and there's still a camp out there, you can still see the camp out in the distance. And these four lepers come up, and they're ugly, and they're deformed, and they say, hey, the camp's been abandoned, there's as much food and drink as you want out here. The poor Bartheges, these guys are, I mean, they're, they're delirious, right? They've had nothing to eat for so long, they can't even make sense. But they go and they tell the king, and the king, look what the king says in verse 12. King arose in the night, and he said to his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, they will catch them alive and get into the city. So the king basically is like the like the advisor has no faith. He says, you know, it's it's just a trap. It's just a trick. But one of his servants says, listen, I tell you what. Let's let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain which are left in the city. Behold, there is all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say there even is all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send these and see. Now, he suggested five. The king doesn't even have that much faith. He sends two, and he took therefore two chariot horses. And the king sent after the host of the Assyrian, uh, the host of the Syrians, saying, "Go and see." And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. Now, why are these Syrians? Why do they keep throwing things away as they're running for their lives? They they think they're right. Their enemy's right behind them. God not only got them out of the camp, God got them out of the country. Uh, and, and what are they running from? Nothing. There is no army. The the, the the Israelites have five horses. That's it. The people went out, verse 16, the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Assyrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. Okay, look up here. So is God right? Yes. God was right. Amen. You can trust God's word. If God makes you a promise, you can bank on it. Now he hasn't made us a promise like um, you can get 5% interest on your money or you'll always have a house. I mean, he hasn't made promises like that, but when he makes a promise, we can bank on it. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Remember the advisor? Jaden? you're reading ahead. Don't do that. <laughs> you remember the advisor? He says, if there's windows in heaven, I mean, if God just opened the heavens and poured this stuff out, how would this be? And Elisha says, you'll see it with your eyes, but you won't eat it. Let's see see how that works out for him. Verse 17, and the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned. So here's the guy, king's advisor, to have the charge of the gate. So he said, okay, you go out to the gate, you make sure things get done in an orderly fashion. Well, look what happens. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow, about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Verse 20. And so it fell out upon him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. So in other words, this guy was in charge of the gate. He was trying to keep order. Come on, wait, let's, you guys first. They said, forget it. They ran, literally ran him over. They trampled him to death. And so he saw it with his eyes that there was all the food, people wanted and more, but he didn't eat of it. Here's why. Because of his lack of faith. How many times... Does our lack of faith hinder us from accomplishing what God has for us? Mm. It's just, it's out there for the taking. Jesus told his disciples, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, they're white on the harvest. It's just there. But we don't even go. We, we say, can it really be? Now, I i, I wish, I, I appreciate the question Daniel had from Mondo. how many times in, person you invited come to church. I wish I could say everybody I invite comes to church. That'd be nice. Every time I give the gospel people are converted. I, that'd be wonderful. That isn't the case. But guess what? I've seen enough people's lives changed by the word of God that I'm going to keep giving it out. Amen. Some people say, "Not nah, I don't want that. Boy, my heart breaks for them. They're 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 the ones that are missing out. They're the ones that are sitting in the city saying, I am so hungry, and we say, there's there's food, it's just right out here, no, it can't be. Those Syrians, those rascals, they're out hiding in the woods. Wait, no, no. No, it's all you want and more, but you have to have enough faith to go out. Number two, second application real quick, and I know I'm analogizing here, but it's fun. We also have to have some courage to try things that may not seem like they're gonna work. When those lepers are sitting in the gate and one of them says, you know, let's go to the Syrians. I know his friends probably thought that is the stupidest thing we've ever (laughs) heard. Well, why would the Syrians have any mercy or compassion for us? But they said, hey, why not? If we stay in the city, we're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. What's the worst that can happen? We're going to die. So they had a little bit of courage. Um, Have a little bit of courage. Say, God, give me eyes to see the opportunities that I have. Uh, all is not hopeless. I mean, our nation is sliding into a, a lot of turmoil and trouble, and I don't see that slide stopping, but that doesn't mean that you and I can't live successful Christian lives. And the truth is, the darker it becomes in our nation, the brighter our lights are going to shine. The more that that Americans desecrate marriage by call, whatever they're doing to it, the more that... God's ordained marriages lived by husband and wife who love God first and love each other, the more they're going to stand out. The more that they say, you know, the kids need to lead us. The kids need to decide. The more they say that, the more families are led by a mother and father who love God and are committed to raising their children for the Lord, the more those children are going to stand out. Why are your children so respected? Why are your children obedient? I can't. I, can't. This is, I loved it. Not loved it. It was amazing to me. People do go, I can't get my kids to behave. Well, let me show you what the word. Of God. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this is what they would say. Christy would say, we're going to send him to kindergarten. <laughs> that was their answer. We're going to send him to kindergarten. <laughs> the darker it becomes, the more our light's going to shine. The more we depend on the Lord for his goodness, for his faithfulness, We're gonna be at peace, even when the people around us are saying, how can you not be worried about the economy? Because I'm not dependent on the economy, you're not dependent on the economy to feed you. I'm not dependent on the government to feed me. Um, Let's not be uh, worried and anxious when God's given us everything we need for life and Godliness, Let's spend time in his Word. Let's spend time with each other, get together. I know many of you do. If you haven't gotten together with someone from the church recently, make it happen. It doesn't have to be at your house, it doesn't have to be, a, it could take them to the park, go to coffee together, but spend time together in a, in a world that increasingly counts their friends among Facebook and TikTok. I want in real life friends. Amen. I don't want friends that I meet over a screen. I want friends I meet in my house, meet in your house, meet at the at the building here. That's going to stand out in, in, in our society. The, the darker it gets, the more our real relationships with each other are going to look strange to people. But listen, God has all <laughs> the fine flour and all the barley we need, all the silver and the gold and the raiment all we have to do is go get it. And then we got to tell other people where to get it. And what they do with it's their business. I hope you'll ask God to show you who you can talk to this week. Could be at the gym. Could be in your neighborhood. Could be at work. Who does God want you to say, hey, listen, there's words of life. Can I give you some? Father, thank you for the blessing we had today of, of seeing someone come out from our invitations yesterday. Thank you for the blessing we had of visitors today, again, and again, uh, Father, we don't take that for granted. Thank you for the rich provision. We see, we see that in the testimonies we heard from our own lips today, um, whether it's relationships, Eva and her two sons being able to meet together, whether it's your blessing, this construction project by by uh, telling us that there's a pad that's on, transformer pad that's on its way, whether it's the uh, opportunities we've had to witness at the gym. Whatever it is, Father, we see your hand of provision. Now give us boldness to tell other people that we know where the food is. We know where they can find all that they need for life. We're in a famine, Father. It's a famine for truth. It's It's a famine for hope. And yet, Lord, we have meaning. We have hope. We have truth. Give us boldness to share that with others. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.